Hello and welcome to the 2023 edition, well, part one of the 2023 edition of the Don Matrick Memorial Laps Gamer Radio. Best games that we played this year that didn't necessarily come out this year, Extravaganza 2023, part one of two. <laughs> um, gentlemen, I'm joined by almost the entire team, uh, as has become a Christmas tradition. Adam can't join us because of time difference and baby, which are two, I mean, they're pretty good excuses for why he can't rock up at a reasonable time um, for, for, uh, for a, a reasonable UK time when he's like five hours behind and has a baby. Yeah, mate. So we'll let him off again, but next year, Adam. Next year. Um, unless he's a second one. Unless he has another fucking baby. Damn it. He might do that. <laughs> You might do that just to spite me. You might have another baby just to spite me. Sounds like a lot of work just to spite you who he doesn't see any of because he lives in Canada and you live in the UK. No, but I'm going to see him in the summer though. Oh, hopefully. that's true. As long as, as, long as the dates don't line up and like cause we, we might actually... Oh, I need to look at the dates because he's coming over to the UK and he fig- he said like, oh, we it might be a case of like we flying past each other in the you air. Like wave at and each like, other in the airplane. It's the pass. week that he's in the UK, I'm in Toronto. It's like that those uh, football transfers. You'll have like Skyscanner watching the yeah. two yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, Video games, eh? Uh, 2023. Video what games. What a year. Um, I was thinking, is this the best year for games in terms of like the quality of games released the number of games released since i was trying to think of the last good one is either 2016 or 2017 yeah with the best ones you've got, you've got uh, that i can think of two year which is like yeah, one well, i was thinking like the last i'm trying to yeah, think of the last, last the last rule. ones yeah so 2016 um was which is um I'm, I'm trying to remember what was on. I remember Overwatch was in there. Witcher 3, Persona 5, Witcher th- Inside, yep. Uncharted 4, Overwatch, Steven's Sausage Roll, of course, very important game. <laughs> Dark very Souls 3, game, yeah. Kentucky Route Zero Act 4 finally came out. Um. So I've got on this here, Uncharted 4, Overwatch, Firewatch, Doom, Stardew Valley, Forza, Horizon 3... Hitman, Persona 5, Oxenfree, Civ 6, Dishonored 2, Inside, Pokemon Go, The Witness, Final Fantasy 15, and Super Hot. Mm-hmm. That's a Thank strong, strong lineup. Um, 2017, um, Super Mario PUBG, Odyssey. Fortnite, Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, Divinity Original Sin 2, Horizon Zero Dawn, Resident oh. Evil 7, Cuphead, Marika 8 Deluxe, Prey, Night in the Woods, What Remains of Edith Finch, Near Automata, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Ooh. They're two very strong years. Mm. Whichever one of those, this is probably the best year since then in terms of releases. It's been an absolute stonker. The vast majority of games on my list are games that came out this year because it's just been, they've been so strong that I've put, I've, I've had to put like other games on the, on the, on the back burner because there's just been so many good games that have come out this year. Um, any particular standouts that uh, you can think of that haven't made it onto your list? Oh, that's a good question. Or any any particular? Okay, 
let's not do that because they might be on your mentions as well. <laughs> any particular any particular standouts that have come out this year that you haven't had a chance to get around to playing yet? All oh of God, them. yeah. <laughs> the new um, all of them. Cyberpunk <laughs> expansion that basically changes yep. the entire game. I really want to yep. play Cyberpunk for the first time with that, and I've just not had a chance to. I've literally just picked up Jedi Survivor, so I'm, yeah, that hasn't made it into this mm. year. I mean, if uh, I just look at my list. Steam wish list, like oh, there's so many games that like I've sort of put on a wish list at some point this year and not got around to buying. I've not I, given. Uh, mm. I know it's a stupidly short game, but I've not given Jusson enough of a go. Yeah, Cocoon mm. as well. Is another Cocoon. Game wanna, Adam keeps going on about Cocoon, and I'm like, I just don't have time for this. Yeah. Yep. Uh, new God of War. I haven't touched that. There's a new God of War. God of War. That was last year. Was yeah, last year. Was it last year? Giant. Yeah. I thought it was this oh, year. Right. Blimey. This is what happens when you uh, Spider Man. Have haven't touched Spider Man. There is. Yeah, there is Spider Man. Yeah. 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 There's quite a few that I haven't had a chance to get around to. Um, Final Fantasy 16 is probably the biggest one that I can think of. I watched a lot of Zoe playing it, but I haven't had a chance to get hands on myself. Um. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that uh, came out um, that was like uh, Game Pass drops that I haven't had a chance to check out yet as well, like Persona Five Tactics and things like that. Mm. Yeah, probably that I would probably enjoy a lot, but I just haven't had a chance because there's just been too many games. Um, as per usual. Yeah. While it's as per usual, mm. but, but even more so this year, just compounded. I I hope this is a weird one to say. I hope next year's a fucking drought. Just so I can catch up, <laughs> really. Um, although I don't think it will be, I think everyone will be trying, rushing to get their games out to just clear a huge path before GTA Six Juggernaut crashes yeah. to earth in 2025 that? and that obliterates the gaming March, landscape. Do you reckon? Yeah. Um, I don't know. They normally when go for like September, October. When did Six releases? come out? They're, they're yeah, normally I'm like autumn. Rockstar. Yeah, late summer, autumn right. sort of time was when was when um, five five came out and Red Dead um, as well. I Red Dead too. Yeah, yeah, mm. it, well, yeah, it was yeah. Cool. Um, which has become the new sort of silly season. Um, well, near enough. I think just every uh, month it, is silly season real, now. Real. Like we used to talk about, like how we'd have <laughs> January, February with no games, and you could like catch up after Christmas, yeah. and yeah. now. That is just as busy, and I blame Capcom for that because they yeah, kind of started. Say, it didn't the Capcom yeah. thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, There's what, um. Did Mass Effect do that? I'm sure Mass Effect came out in like March as well. Uh, yeah, for, for a while. Yeah. Um, a lot of games got that would usually come out in the sort of October, November, December period mm. got pushed. But still needed to come out within that financial year, and so there was like the the, the, the for a few years there was a massive influx of games that came out in like February, March, February, March sort of time. Hit, yeah, to basically yeah, like money into your financials for the year previous. To yeah, I remember like like Monster Hunter World was a late mm. was a was like a late January, early February drop. Um, as if there's a, a bunch of other games that are coming out next year in this, that sort of area as well, in sort of like February, March area just squeezing in under the end of the financial year sort of thing um if we'll talk about upcoming games uh in part two i presume when we look forward to 2024 but um while it's been a great year for uh for 
video game releases, we have to acknowledge it has been an absolutely terrible year mm. for um, video game staff layoffs, mm. which is, I mean, I think the number is now approaching 10,000, right? Yeah. There's a website that tracks it, isn't it? But it's obviously the only ones that we know about and estimate it. Oh. Uh-huh. Because there was, I mean, back in October, it was like 6,000 so far, but then it's been a bunch since then. More Embracer stuff, isn't it? They've closed quite a few. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know that, I'm, I'm sure I saw the other day that it was approaching 10,000 um, people laid off uh, in the business over... Uh, uh, but whatever it is, it's it's... It's at least 7,000 from, from what I can see. A lot of people. A lot of people have lost their jobs, and it's absolutely fucked. And it's uh, we, we talked a little bit about this on a recent episode, about how uh, we think it might be... Well, I say we think. Smarter people than us have postulated that it's probably due to video game companies um, making acquisitions and aggressively expanding when money was cheap to borrow and the video games industry was booming during the covid years and now the market has normalized again and their returns are not quite like they were during covid because people are gone back to work and they're not playing video games quite as much and they're not buying as many video games and their answer to that is not to um make efficiencies at the top because <laughs> why would they do that yeah. it's to lay off a bunch of stuff um i was chatting to a couple of friends last night um about uh the recent report that came out looking into the bungee situation a little bit more and about like how fucked the morale is there, mm-hmm. there since they laid off and they only laid off about 100 people um uh, that studio which is relatively small amount considering i think the problem um, with the Bungie okay. one is, though, because like they got bought out by Sony the other year, yep. and I think just generally morale or that studio has just been on kind of a downward trend since COVID. They had they hit their, peaks but it was also COVID. sold as a bit of a pop as well, though. It um, was clearly overvalued. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, when Sony bought it, but, but at like least um, when when Sony bought them, you kind of felt okay. They've got some kind of backing and support behind it so maybe they can you know overcome no they have the they have a they have a threat behind them Mm. which is sony makes up half of the board uh and if bungie don't show returns then sony take over control of the board yeah well that's that's kind of the the, what it's kind of getting to now is isn't it you know that yeah it could have been it could have been a good moment for them it could Yeah. yeah Instead of worrying about trying to find funding and stuff like that, they, you know they can concentrate on doing what they do best and, and pumping out games and expansions for Destiny. Yeah, and actually, it seems from the outside looking in to have done the opposite, basically. Exactly. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, but what the uh, the one the thing I wanted to, to quickly mention about that is that uh, again, it's a, it's a perfect example of of where the cuts are being made. Um, because the report said, like at a recent like all hands meeting, um, some questions were asked, and one of them were, were, were like one of the answers came up to a question saying that like layoffs is a lever that they will pull again, mm-hmm. yeah. and then somebody asked, did did were were any considerations made to cut C suite compensation 
to to make up the money and the response came back we're not that kind of company <laughs> and that sort of um unfortunately uh sums up the video games business uh and why and and underlines again for the 500th time why video game developers artists Ooh. uh everyone who works in video games the rank and file need a union yeah okay. uh, desperately yeah they need an equivalent of like SAG-AFTRA or the WGA so that when they are not treated well enough, they can go out on strike. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm looking at these bullet points here <laughs> under the start flub, which Nick put together and the last one. In beautiful rainbow letters has fuck Jeff Keighley. <laughs> Nick, why? Why do I uh, explain to me? I mean, I know why. Explain to our dear listeners why you should fuck Jeff Keighley. So, a few nights ago, as of time of record... Wow, what was that? (laughs) just found a laser pointer. (laughs) Oh, right. Oh, God. A few nights ago, as of time of recording, was uh, the annual Game Awards. Um, A night which has become uh, beloved and dreaded and hated equally amongst gamers, uh, I think is fair to say. Um, Yeah. I think this year is the year that the tide is starting to turn. Uh, the past few years, people have kind of accepted the Game Awards and it's been quite almost a positive thing. You know, we would kind of take the piss out of Jeff Keighley because, you know, we d- we generally dislike him on this podcast. Uh, we think he's mm-hmm. a bit of a smarmy git. I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'm pretty sure that's what we all think. Um, but the mainstream media and other people in gaming tended to have the opinion that, oh, it's really good for the industry and, you know, people come together and celebrate the games and we get some new releases and we see Kojima for the first time in a year. And this year, um, I don't know why, but it's it's I'm not complaining too much, but everything seems to be turning against him. So this year, um, I didn't watch it because it was like past midnight. I can't be asked with that anymore. I'm not like oh, yeah. 18. I'm not going to stay up till, f- you know, for a gaming show that starts after midnight anymore. Nope. Um, but yeah, apparently it ran for like three hours, of which half of it was adverts, and then another hour was um, trailers for new games. Kojima talked for about 20 minutes about his new project that he's got a vague idea for. Uh, and the actual awards took up less than half an hour. During that yeah. time, um, people receiving awards were given 30 seconds with a teleprompter counting them down to give a little bit of a speech and then told to wrap it up, um, which, you know, um, the especially the, the award for um, Game of the Year given 30 seconds to talk about the award and mm. you know there's a guy there so, trying yeah, to talk you. about his colleagues that have died during the making of the I game and since the game was released and they get told to wrap it up that is just completely insensitive and like what the f- it's 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 called the game awards i know mm. everyone will say that it's not really a game awards it's just it's it's a you know it's like the oscars or you know whatever don't call it the game awards then what made if, me die? It, was... Just call it E3 or not E3 or whatever you're going to call it. it. If you you know it, if you're going to persist with it being the number one sort of game awards show in the gaming industry and call it the Game Awards mm. and expect people to take your awards seriously, you need to take the awards seriously yourself. 
Mm-hmm. What was making me die was like seeing people on Twitter going, but we just don't have like a legitimate, just awards focused like show that really gives out awards to creativity and you know it just doesn't exist anywhere in, in video games. And I was just sitting there going, BAFTA, BAFTA, yeah, it's called the BAFTAs. BAFTA, BAFTA, yeah. but because it's not in the US, no, no. one gives it a flying. Well, they have F. the golden, they have the golden, golden joystick joysticks. awards as well. Did they have a woman on stage this year? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so they, they they ticked that box this year. Oh, they yeah. love that lovely developer who comes out and she's all smiley and happy and she's wonderful and a massive breath of fresh air. And I always forget her name. Um But it's um uh, someone uh, someone summed it up. I haven't, I haven't got the numbers to hand. Um but the the uh thirty seconds and then please wrap it up thing and the music playing and mm. when you got AG Onuma like the 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 fucking veritable like legend of video game mm. industry industry the Ooh. man behind Zelda um or the you know the modern Zeldas is having to talk give his acceptance speech through a translator so it's having to go twice and he still only gets thirty seconds before they have the audacity to play him off the stage the yeah. fucking assholes. Mm. Um, and there wasn't a single mention of any layoffs in the gaming industry this year. No, no there wasn't. Um, so only uh, uh, less than half of the actual awards that were given were actually given. Uh, the rest of them were just um, uh, Jeff read them out. Yeah, like, here's a, here's the nominations and here's the winner, and it happens off screen. Like best Ooh. RPG and things like that. Just don't they don't even have a, a chance for anyone to go up and get an award. The whole show is, and so nickel. so the number of people who actually got awards and got to go up on stage and have an acceptance speech the amount of time that they were given to give their acceptance speeches was less than the amount of time that they let fucking uh, Hideo Kojima go up on stage and chat shit about a game that hasn't even got any footage yet (laughs) yeah it's bonkers 10 minutes that went on for him and and fucking uh, Jordan Peele it's ten minutes, um, him and Jordan Peele, which is more than all of the acceptance speeches combined. <laughs> I think the thing that's annoying me as well about all of this is people are very quick, and this is probably going to be a hot take, but Kojima isn't some kind of video game god that you should be able to put on a pedestal. Like Kojima isn't the person making these games. <laughs> He's not. He's a visionary he's who can all. sell his idea. Mm. Yeah, and he's an he he's an leads. auteur. Yeah, but he doesn't. Yeah, like he doesn't make those games on on his own. Exactly. There are thousands yeah. of people working on There's those. There's some games. incredible designers in Kojima Productions. Yeah, you mm. know that we hardly hear about. Yep, unsung heroes. Yeah, man. Probably crunched half to death. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you know. I don't see yeah. why we have to listen to him talk about his dreams and ideas for 10 minutes mm. when actual developers are not represented properly. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's just a chance for Keeler to wear out. He's got to run all those ads. Sorry. He's got to run all those ads to um, basically pay for the thing. So that's why there's so many ads in it. And it's just... it. It becomes overwhelming at some point, and yeah, right. They're, they're, it's, but why it's, is that the the situation? 
Like the BAFTAs don't have to run adverts. I know that's no. on the BBC or whatever, but 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 the Oscars doesn't. No, but they uh, have the members who pay doesn't. a subscription, right? BAFTA has yeah, BAFTA but, members who pay subscriptions. They have, to things, yeah, right? and it's like the the Academy has the Academy of Motion yeah. Sciences and and whatever. Like, why is there not an equivalent for video games? And why are uh, these members not paying like a membership or anything? So it can be like an actual award show mm. and not a glorified ad reel like just we just saw endless trailers for a bunch of games it's the super bowl that i'm i mean i'm not the key demographic for 90 percent of the games that that were shown off to be honest the only thing that got me excited was monster hunter and oh boy did i get excited for that but (laughs) it's not it's it it doesn't really interest me and like like there is a time and a place for this sort of thing and that's e3 and I, i like or like yeah. have a separate thing that's for your trailers and whatnot, or show the trailers before the award show. Hmm. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's Fuck so that weird. man. Yeah. Fuck that man. Fuck his award show. Um. Anyway, let's. Should we w- roll back on the negativity for a little bit and actually talk about uh, celebration? Our favorite games that we played this year. Yay! Let's celebrate. Good times. Come on. Good games. Good um, games. Good games. So, we're going to do uh, five through three, and considering we've already talked for like 20 minutes, maybe uh, <laughs> we'll try and be a little bit more succinct on these ones, and then we can spend a little bit time on our more time on our top twos and part two. Yeah. So, Andy, you Ooh. are alphabetically... No, you're not. Adam is, but fuck it. Andy, <laughs> you are not alphabetically first in this list. Um... What was the number five game? What was your fifth favorite game that you played in 2023? My fifth favorite game was an old classic, and it was an episode of ours on the um, one of our award shows, Call of Duty for Modern Warfare Remastered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, it, basically, if you want more details into why it's such a great um game go listen to the episode from earlier this year but it just it was just a chance to replay it um on the ps4 the campaign holds up um the multiplayer what a little i played of it still is a lot of fun um the shocks the story really good the handling the shooting everything is just absolutely pinnacle i think i think I, you know one thing about mm. i was thinking about this today I actually don't think it it has been bettered since. And that's like 16 years. You know, we're still trying to emulate it. We're still trying to copy this game. It's the one that kick-started really the juggernaut of Call of Duty. You know, it was a big game beforehand with World War II, but this one just captured people's imaginations. And ever since, it's just, you know, rolled on. It is still selling, you know, bandits every single year. But this one, I think... They are still trying to capture this magic, you know, what they had at first. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing game. Yep. Um, if you want to listen to what we thought about the original version of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, uh, go and listen to episode 232 where we wax lyrical about it for an hour and a half because it's very, very good. <laughs> and like the, rem- the remaster is, it's a, it's a, it doesn't. It really doesn't change much because no. there's nothing much that really needed changing mm. uh, about it. 
Um, I mean, it, it is a straight remaster, isn't it? It's not a remake, so yeah. it's just no. high-res no. textures. Touch-up. No, it's a lick of paint, isn't it? Mm. I think there was like a few changes to like um, game modes and stuff like that yeah. uh, in the multiplayer, but apart from that, it is exactly the same game. Because, uh, yeah, they didn't, uh, they didn't need to do much with it because it is... Um, I think if you look at the... Uh, it is still the highest-rated um, Call of Duty game. Uh, the new yeah. one is the lowest rated. Um, <laughs> Just in time to be bought uh, by Xbox. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, I mean, the latest, the latest one is Modern Warfare Two remastered, isn't it? Yeah. No, no three. It was three. Oh, three. three. No, it's not remastered. No, no, Modern Warfare Three. No, no I'm trying to about the latest Modern Warfare. Yeah. So I'm trying to. I, I think that's the one. I think that's the one that's in the uh, currently in this the the. Top ten worst reviewed games on Steam. Just yeah, saw the list thing. earlier because that. Um, did you guys hear about that new game um, the day before? Yeah, yes. the one that's basically a fucking a scam. scam game. Yeah, they, yeah you know, they've you know now the sh- closed their studio. Yeah, the studio shut down now. Guys, guys disappeared off Twitter. The the CEO. Yep. <laughs> game came out four days later. The studio shuts down. It's a fucking rug pull. Uh. <laughs> um. Right, so uh, shall we hear what Adam's number five was then? Yeah. Oh, Let's tune this. in to Radio Ontario and hear what Adam's was. Okay, number five. Bit of a weird one here. It is Sonic Triple Trouble 16-bit. So somebody went and effortlessly remade Sonic Triple Trouble from the Mega, uh, the Master System and the Game Gear, put it in a 16-bit style, added a bunch of little cutscenes and stuff, and you've basically got a game that is up there with like Sonic 3, Sonic Mania. It's awesome. It's available on PC. Android version just came out because I'm a sicko. I'm going to play the Android version as well. That's my number five. That's so Adam. Yeah, that is the most Adam pick I think you could ever get. <sighs> He's a disgusting man, honestly. <laughs> to be fair, the rest of his list is really good. So we'll, I'll, I'll allow him this one moment of deviancy. All right, moving swiftly on then. Chazzy. Hello. What was your number five game that you played in 2023? My number five game is Metroid Prime Remastered. Uh, game. Now, is this a remaster of the original? Of the original. Like the OG, yeah, yeah, OG yeah. Metroid Prime. Yeah, man. No, I'd never put, oh. well, once I've never played it, I said I haven't, I, I probably picked it up a few, probably two or three years ago on the Wii before the Wii shop shut, shut down. I bought the Metroid Prime trilogy mm-hmm. and um, played about five minutes, but because it was all waggle controls and I, I just found it really like confusing to play uh, with those control, with that control scheme. But this is probably re- it's not unusual at all, but I think that's the first time that I've ever heard them described as waggle controls. <laughs> so that's how I saw. I've always called it that. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I just found it. I just found it difficult to to control, really. And um, but I really mm. like the look and the feel and the atmosphere of the game. I've, I've got a weird thing about the Metroid series and the atmosphere of those games. There's something that really hooks me in. And uh, they yeah they brought out they brought out a remaster on the Switch. But they'd actually reconfigured the controls to be more um, useful on actual, like you know, dual dual sticks. 
And I thought, right, I'm going to give it a go. And my God, is that it just completely transformed the game for me. And yeah, the level of ex- like um, exploration and like I say, that sort of kind of dark brooding atmosphere. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's weird because I, I, it's brilliant to just sort of go through and Metroid a game in first person, but also to have that kind of like puzzle solving, having to go back and backtrack through stuff to once you've got the, you know, whatever, whatever power you need to, I don't know, hook shot up, up to something else. And, you know, it, it's it's got, got everything you want from a Metroid game. But um, there was just that thing of just every now and then, like I imagine this game when it first came out must have just been absolutely mind-blowing because it re- the actual level design and the way that just everything feels, just the way the controls feel and the way you get around just feels really modern. And there's just these mm. little moments where there's certain little uh, motifs and stuff where in the design where you go, oh, right, yeah, this is still a game from, you know, way back when. And it's just, yeah, and that's the only thing that lets it down is that there are bits that they can't take out because they have to follow how the game originally worked, you know, like with the Z targeting and stuff and weird, <laughs> they hadn't really clocked, like really got to grips with 3D platforming completely. So there's like these weird puzzles that it's difficult to know where the platforms are and how to jump and stuff. But other than that, you know, that kind of old school design in certain places, other than that, it's just, yeah, it's it's, it's an incredible game and it so holds up. And I was really, mm. really, really surprised with it. So, yeah, I was really happy I picked it up. And um, No one's ever tried to do a first-person shooter. Like, I, was, I mean, they probably have. I'm probably talking out my ass. As, I, I, can't, I can't think of another try of first-person shooter that tries to do that. No, the, no. What I'm, what I'm talking about is like the is the reticule moving within the screen rather yes. than your yeah. whole screen moving with the aiming reticule. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't think of another game that's done that. Um, I think like the original, like the original Time Splitters was like that. But again, that was before twin stick shooting had really become a thing. I yeah. was thinking like maybe does the original GoldenEye do it a bit? Yeah, it's that same. I'm team, sure, so, the crosshair yeah. moves a bit. But again, this is all before it was all sort of codified. Whereas this was more to service the, uh, like you know, the motion controls. Oh yeah. But yeah, no, it's um, no, it's an incredible game, brilliant atmosphere, wonderful missions. Like the exploration's just out of this world. Short of some like you know old school design decisions that obviously have to come through from back in the day. Yeah, it's just it's just an incredible mm. game, and um, yeah, I've had so much fun playing it this year. That's it. That's one I need to go back to at some point. Um, Got to say, like the, the way that played it since uh, they've I, I haven't it. played it. Brilliant. Uh, the last one I played was one of the ones on the. Um, what was the one that was on the the DS? It was like a launch title for the DS. Oh, Metroid. That that was a Prime, wasn't it? It was a Prime. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember which one it was. That was uh, possibly that was the last one I I played. Hunters. Um, so Hunters, tells you yeah. how long ago it was that I played a Metroid Prime game. So I should probably go back, um, see if they still hold up. But yeah, absolutely classics. Yeah, um, highly regarded soundtrack as well. Mm. Uh, Metroid Prime, incredibly highly regarded. Yeah, no, yeah. Like I say, there's there's not a thing wrong with any of it, and and they've done such a good job of like again, it's another one where it's a as a new lick of paint, and 
you know, new textures, everything's raised up to kind of, you know, 1080p and yeah, it looks incredible on, on, on your TV and on, in your hand as well, like on the, obviously on the switch, both, both ways looks incredible and there's no real kind of performance hit either. So yeah, gotta say it's a really good remaster. Good. Good. I like to hear. Um, right. I'll knock out my number five then. Um, my number five, uh, is Diablo 4, um, which I'm, may surprise a few people. I don't think it's going to be on many people's top games of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out, um, people really enjoyed it, uh, but then the usual sort of <laughs> incredibly vocal chirpies, yeah, fucking chirpsy, the, the fucking um, uh, the, the people, the, the, the Diablo freaks, the ones whose like entire gaming identity is Diablo, like they have entire YouTube channels, and you know who you are, devoted to nothing but Diablo. Um, like to complain, like they didn't like Diablo three because it wasn't like Diablo two, and they don't like Diablo four because it's not like Diablo two. Yep. Um, yeah. Although some people <laughs> who didn't like Diablo three because it's not like Diablo two don't like Diablo four because it's not like Diablo three, um, which doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, Game comes out, it's really well received. First season comes in, a bunch of stuff gets nerfed to try and make the game a little bit fairer or a little bit more of a challenge. Um, this vocal minority absolutely pissed their pants and cried like a bunch of babies. And um, the game gets review bombed on you know Metacritic and places like that. The general consensus then spreads out to the wider community that, oh, Diablo 4 sucks. And it's like, no, it fucking doesn't suck. It's still really good. It's just these babies don't have, can't have their stupid overpowered builds that they were running with before the first <laughs> season started. <laughs> so we now reached the point. So in in season two, like an entirely, completely, utterly broken build, like a stupid build that is melting the hardest bosses in the games in absolute seconds, is in the game. And it's it's the reason it's overpowered is because there is a bug, uh, and the developers were like, do you know what? I we can't take the grief anymore. So just enjoy it. We'll do something about it at the end of the season, but we're not going to bother nerfing it. Um, and now everyone thinks it's great again um, because the pissy baby's got their toys back. Uh, ignore all that. It's been good. It's it's been great all the time, like all along. It's been really fucking good. Um, uh, I dipped out of season one um, uh, about partway through, just like not because I wasn't enjoying playing the game. There was just too much other stuff to play. Um, I've been digging into season two a lot. Uh, I am, I've nearly reached the level cap, like level hundred, which I like. I haven't got anywhere near with any other characters in that game um, to this point. Um, so it tells you how much I'm still enjoying it. I've been, I've played it pretty much every day for the last two weeks. Um, it's more Diablo. Uh, it's open world. Um, it's always online, uh, which is can be annoying but it does mean that there's always players about to do public events and world bosses and stuff like that uh it's fucking it's diablo it's fucking diablo it is Mm. it's if you like diablo it's more of that it's really fun i like diablo i really like it it's the fifth best game i played this year nice very good that's all i have to say get into on a if there's a yeah. deal that comes up for that, I need to get into that because I really. Oh, just it. wait. It'll be on. It'll be on Game Pass so yeah. soon enough. When it probably, um, yeah, I would not that. be surprised if it ends up on Game Pass now that uh, Microsoft own them. 
But yeah. Um, Nick, I'm excited to hear about this. Hi. What's your number five game that you played this year? My number five game that I played this year is also the first game that I played this year, and it is Tunic. Ooh. Nice. Now, Ooh. I love me some old school Zelda shit. Yeah. Well, this is old school Zelda shit with a beautiful art direction mm. and a cute little fox. So you can't really complain. <laughs> um, so yeah, Tunic, it's been out for a few years. It's been on Game Pass for a couple uh, and I finally got around to it at the beginning of the year. Um, so yeah, Tunic, you you are play as a little fox, adventuring, exploring a mysterious island and you're slowly building up sort a uh, game manual. It's a bit meta. You build up the game manual that tells you what to do and what you can do and what you're trying to do while exploring this um, mysterious island with lots of enemies on and lots of cool stuff and puzzles to discover and solve um, as you get deeper and deeper into it. Um, it's it's a beautiful game. It's quite short, but it's it's very nice. The combat's a bit simple at times, but it, it it's it's fine for what it is. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this game, and I think most of you will also love it as well because it's just one of those um, old school style, but mm -hmm. with yeah. a modern twist to it. Um, yeah, between the so, yeah. tunic and uh, death door, there were a lot of double handed that at one at one point, and I had to kind of make a choice, and I ended up playing Hades. I've got to go back to Tunic because I really enjoyed what I played yeah. that. I, I, I did the same I, I dabbled a little bit in Tunic and a little bit in Death's Door um, haven't played enough of either of them to really get my teeth in properly Yeah, I only uh, but what I played of, Death's Door, of, um, mm. Death's Door is, leans more towards like the uh, what if Zelda was a Dark Souls game rather yep. than um, just Zelda like fully was fully embracing game. classic yeah. Zelda, yeah, yeah, which is what Tunic does. Crossed with a little bit happen. of Fez, yeah, that's yes. what I was gonna say. There's a bit of Fez yeah. in there somewhere, yeah. Um, yeah, what I played of it, I absolutely loved, and uh, it's absolutely gorgeous, just gorgeous looking game. Oh, yeah, um, there's a really interesting the... YouTube video as well where the devs show off like the prototypes and like original um sort of work in progresses of the game and it's literally just square yeah. blocks walking around different with different colors so it's quite interesting <laughs> to see how you know they they built up the gameplay and then added on the art direction on top and it's just mm, yeah, yeah very impressive Family. Ooh. i love that like the the whole thing like the guidebook being uh, like your your guide being like the manual for the game, yeah, almost. like an NES manual you'd get, get back yeah. in, the day, oh, yeah. in the box, yeah. But you're like assembling it as you go through, and, and yeah, you like find different pages and different bits yeah. of it uh, as you go along. As so, you, so you learn yeah. things as you go along. That's very Fez like, yeah. Like yes, that's the Fez bit, and it's got its own yeah, little language as well. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a cool game. It's a really cool game. Mm. It is, um, but again, it's just that you know that came out. Two or three years ago now, and I've only just something got like that. Yeah, yeah, just because it's too many, it's yeah. too many, especially in the indie uh, sphere. Yeah, but tune um, well worth your time. Hmm. Hell yes. yeah, yes, mate. All right, well, that's us once round the horn. Um, let's do our number fours, Andy. Hello. 
What was your oh. fourth favourite game that you played this year? Well, for the third year in a row, we have a Spyro game in the top ten, <laughs> and it's Spyro Free Year of a Dragon, um, where me and Francis finally completed the trilogy remastered. Um, nice. Number four, because basically it's a lot better than number two, the developers seem to have learned their lesson um, after the hardships of number two. Um, it's a stunning game. You know, the controls are good, intuitive, um, ideal for a five-year-old. She's six now, but she was five at the time we were playing it. Um, a lot of variety now. You take on diff- different characters. Um, the search for these like little quick balls or orbs to actually unlock the end-of-game boss were as difficult as two. Um, and, was, and so it seemed like the developers at the time seemed to remember, oh, this game is actually for kids, and kids should be able to access it, you know, rather than two where it just made it really, really pain in the ass difficult. Um, but yeah, stunning game, a lot of variety, a nice little supporting set of characters with their own little mini arcs. Um, got a little snowman, you've got... I remember you got a fox, you got a flying penguin who fires rockets. Um, but it's just like loads of little mini games as well, up the side where you can log unlock these orbs. Just a lot of fun. Um, fair checkpoints as well. Um, and just a beautiful game and highly recommended to anyone with kids and adults. Yep. Uh, I haven't played the remastered version of 3, but I have fond memories of playing. Uh, the original version of it, um, mm. back in the dis- the mists of time. I've got the. Was the remake? Was it all three? They were bundled all three together. It's the first three. A punk- yeah. So, yeah. So I've got it downstairs. I just haven't played it. Mm. Um, I am actually waiting and debating, debating whether to get the PS2 ones because there's the PS2 ones and the PS3 ones, or will they actually do, decide to remaster them all? I don't know. I should do, but mm. we'll see. Okay, nice. excellent. Uh, all right, let's jump over to Canada um, and uh, see what Adam has picked as his number four. Number four is Cocoon. Um, blah, 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 blah. What to say about this game? Really, really cool puzzle game, top-down puzzle game. Um, I'm going to say no combat. There's a few little bits that you could attribute as combat but they're not really um it's basically a 2d game where you are building worlds within worlds by moving around globes and like stacking worlds and making those worlds interact with each other uh incredible game super short five six hours uh, and by the end the way the globes stack to become like you can use like pulls to kind of this is really bad explanation Jump. You can basically jump into globes, and there's a world there, but you can take other globes into other globes and make a world. This is really cool. So, yeah. Cocoon. It's almost like I planned that little comment earlier when I said Adam keeps talking about Cocoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Foreshadowing. He has, about this game. Yeah. Yeah. he has talked about this game a lot. Yeah, that is yeah. literally the reason I've um, downloaded it on my Xbox. I've, I've yeah. got it there ready to go, but again, another game that I desperately needed to get to before yeah. game of the year and just didn't get the time so yeah yeah i played about an hour year. of it um and the hour that i played was, was really cool but it, it's not enough time to really like 
get into the, the meat of it, it but like yeah. but even that first hour I was like okay this could be something special um nice i'm looking forward to that yeah all right uh chazzy hello what's your number four my number four is the game that has kept me <laughs> the, the one of the two games that has kept me up <laughs> till three in the morning on multiple night like nights back to back um and if I'm doing that, then you know it's reasonably decent. Um, it's Crusader Kings Three. Yeah, Ooh. I've um, I've been I've been trying to take over the world one <laughs> uh, one small state at a time from my um, from my base in Ireland. So yeah, uh, going through the Middle Ages, creating dynasties and uh, destroying dynasties. It's been um, a lot of fun. Um, that game Ooh. is hilarious. I got got into the reason I started playing it was because I got into there's a couple of guys who were streaming it, um, and it was very funny um, to watch the stream and watch. I think they were trying to start off in uh, Alsace in uh, in France and then take basically trying to take over Turkey from their tiny little Alsace base. In the Middle Those Ages, damn Turks! Exactly. So yeah, it was um, and it was ge- it was just genuinely hilarious because they were, you know, uh, they're, they're setting their spy masters to look for uh, whatever they can on dirt on other leaders, so they can work their way up from you know being a being a nobleman to you know being being a vat like you, you work your way up through the stratas of different royal courts and stuff, and. uh you're all, you know, selling off their five-year-old children uh, for for marriage in matrilineal lines, so that you can uh, g- gain loyalty from massive armies and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, that just the whole thing is just how much of a bastard can you be and still maintain, you know, uh, maintain your uh, your little bit of whatever you've got, your little holding. And uh, yeah, it's just been brilliant. It's been so much fun. I mean, like at one point, I was the king. I made my. I managed to become the king of I. Well, I was trying to become the king of Ireland and unify an unify Ireland, but I was also aging out to the point where I was being told that I was on the verge of dying. So I, there was a race for me to basically finish the last war. And battle that I had in Ireland against Leinster. So before I died, so I became king. Because if I didn't, if I died before I became king and won the battle, it wouldn't get the kingdom, wouldn't be passed to my son. It would be passed to my deputy whose army was bigger than mine because of, because I hadn't, uh, I think what it was, I hadn't married into his family. So when you looked at the contracts from the Pope in Rome, um, it was basically, it wouldn't have passed down my marital line. It would have passed to the next person who had rights to that land. And that would have been my deputy who was fighting alongside me. So, so it yeah, wouldn't have been your blood. It wouldn't have been my blood. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <sighs> so it was this like race against time to keep Ireland in my family name. So yeah, it was, um, but I could only do that if I became king and set an heir 
so yeah, it was all a bit bit crazy, and I literally got to within, I think, I think I was crowned, and three days later died and passed it to my son. <laughs> it was like that tight, but yeah, and there's this just crazy stuff, and that's just one tiny little crazy bit um, of this game, and it's everything's so in depth. I mean, it's just the the, the levels at which you can go to, you can go on hunts. Um, uh, to build up reputation, you can go on pilgrimages to you know different places, but obviously you're leaving behind your estate, so you have to leave Ooh. people in charge of that and hope that you don't get overrun and ransacked while you're away. And yeah, it's just constantly spinning plates everywhere and setting up all these different mad, uh, like you say, scenarios like marrying off your children, um, making sure that you've got the right. The, the right court and that they're bringing in the right amounts of money and yeah it's just it's just madness and um mm. like i said i was up till three in the morning on multiple nights just um <laughs> having a whale of a time <laughs> basically the, trying um, to con- conquer worlds was it the console version of a pc version you were playing uh pc version yeah but um uh, i hear the console version is very good yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's well worth doing, but it's uh, very much you're just top down staring at a map of Europe, and um, you know, click into a thing, into a thing, into a thing, into a thing to, mm. you know, find out where your son is and what his school, you know, setting out his schooling for the next six months. You know, it's that kind of game. It's spread. It's football manager for conquering conquering nations. <laughs> So, nice. so yeah, no, absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, yeah, just getting to do do all these like horrible things that you would never do in real life, you know, yeah. sending off your five year old kid to a thirty five year old man so you can so you can get a six thousand strong army mm. on your side in case anything goes wrong. One of the guys in my D and D group is big into it, and it is one of those games that um, Anno uh, Europa Universalis. Those sort of games, just like I know, if I got into it, I'd absolutely love it. Uh, but I, I just need to like, I just need to just knuckle up and 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 just get through that onboarding process, mm, get through yeah. that that on ramp, and like learn how the game plays, and not just get just play and not just be like, oh, this rounds. is too complicated, I yeah. can't be bothered. Um, just like just fucking deal with it and learn. Yeah, um, just play it and then I'm, fail because you're gonna fail. It makes yep. no difference, but just learn the just learn a system in one playthrough, and then now learn another system in another playthrough, and then suddenly, you know, mm-hmm. you've played about four or five games of it over a, over a few weeks, and then suddenly you you kind of know four or five systems, and you're away. Mm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's great. It's it's so yep. much fun. Yeah, yeah. So thoroughly recommended. Excellent. Um. My number four, I don't think anyone else is going to be talking about this on this episode. Are oh, they? Yeah. No. no. On this episode, uh, no. Okay. Oh, hang on. No. Number three. Number three. Number three. Okay. Yeah, good. Good, good. Um, yeah, my number four is uh, Hi-Fi Rush, which, oh, God. We talked <laughs> about at length on this show. It's really, really good. Mm. It's a third-person action-adventure rhythm rhythm action combat game with a beautiful uh cell shaded what do you call it what was the art style cartoon like? shaded yeah it's yeah. all tune shaded isn't it yeah like anime-ish. yeah um 
Yeah, yeah, very anime-ish, but like not, not like, uh, but very western in its yeah, um, comedy yeah, anime, style. But not and anime. anime, but not, but like with western, yeah, anime with like western sensibilities. Um, very funny, very fun, um, solid combat, like everything. Just it's like locomotion and combat. Everything feels so good because you're doing it on the on the beat, like doing like your dashes and stuff on beat. Um, the original music for the levels uh, are all really really great but like what is so fantastic about it is the moments where it like drops in a like uh, an absolute banger piece of licensed music mm. for a boss fight or for a large fight against a, a bunch of enemies um, and there's some great tunes in there two yeah. Nine Inch Nails tracks fucking yes please um, one incredible brawl in a uh canteen set to um invaders must uh die. invaders must die yeah by yeah. um prodigy which is amazing um yeah the whole game is fantastic some of the some really really inventive boss fights as well um it's made by uh the uh the same people who do like the evil within um and there's some evil within jokes and references in there but like it's it's a love a a lot of the stuff in there is like a love letter to early 2000s like sega sort of games there's a lot of yeah yeah there's like jet set radio stuff in there there's like um there's like a there's a reference to a bunch of other games one of which like zoe knew but i hadn't played before um and I looked it up afterwards. I was like, "Oh yeah, I absolutely see what she was, what she meant by that." Uh, and like, all of the boss fights are like, they're not just straight brawls. They're really, really inventive in the way that they mm. you, you fight the bosses. They're it's it's great. It's fucking great. It was an absolute banger. It got dropped out of uh, dropped Stealth out of nowhere. Drop, yeah. yeah, just came out of nowhere. Um, and uh, I absolutely loved it. Absolutely fucking loved it. Yeah, Hi Fi Rush. Nice. If you haven't played yes. it. It's on Game Pass. Get on it. <laughs> Nick. How? Your number four, if you please. My number four is The Cult of the Lamb. Cult of the oh. Lamb. Cult of the Lamb. Um, yeah, so I, I talked about this not too long ago. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, it's kind of uh, roguelike, almost like um, what's the What's the game by the guy who did Super Meatball that everyone loves? Uh, Binding of Isaac. Binding of Isaac. Isaac. It's like that crossed with a kind of town builder. So it's kind of Little Moonlight, if you remember that from a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, it's it's really good. So you spend half your time um, in sort of roguelike dungeons trying to battle through monsters and and pick your way through and, and get uh resources and stuff from that and half your time uh cultivating your cult uh which are sheep who follow you as their one great leader Uh, and you get to teach them all of your teachings uh and decide what kind of uh deity you're gonna be uh and what kind of leader you're gonna be while doing story missions alongside uh and also quests for them so sometimes the one someone will come to you and say, uh, to prove uh, how great you are, I want you to do this. And sometimes it'll be like, cook this meal. Uh, and sometimes it can be 
kill someone or sometimes it can be get married or something stupid like that um so yeah it's it's good fun um yeah i don't really have much more to say about it other than it's 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 really good quite cheap uh these days i mean i think this game came out last year so it's definitely going to be in, in the Steam sale um for, for a nice mm-hmm. price i know i picked it up for a pretty nice price uh and it plays really well on the steam deck it's really nice to dip into for you can do like a nice run in sort of 10 minutes uh and do a bit of uh your base building type stuff as well so yeah just nice to dip in and out of um and yeah really nice game there's a really cool um aspect to it that that only existed for a while really while it was popular on on twitch before it moved on twitch moved on to new games and stuff which was mm-hmm. the the plugin um where your twitch viewers could like vote on um certain things right and then they could be uh the, the, like they uh they would be represented like t- your twitch viewers would be represented in the game as your followers oh, okay um there's a bunch of cool like stuff the ways that like um integration but like to, to make the like uh people the people who were streaming it made it more interactive for their viewers um some very limmy was streaming it for a while and it was very good yeah. to watch um nice. yeah it's a good game it's a good game mm-hmm. um just like the whole uh, even leaving aside the whole like um cult like farm management stuff it's a pretty solid dungeon core as well yeah definitely. uh it's not hades but like you know what is um but it's it's pretty close nice all right let's round this episode off with our number threes andy yep. tell us what your number three game of 2023 was it was a shooter called strange brigade um this is one i mentioned before i played this with my brother through um the whole campaign and the dlc um Basically, you know, like, it will shoot four of you fighting zombies with a variety of, um, of different abilities. Um, you get stuck sometimes in little arenas. Um, but just the presentation of it, it, you know, it's got a nice little solid voiceover about it. Uh, the story's over the top wacky. It is an Indiana Jones type of feel, um, which is slightly different to some of the other games, and in particular another game by Rebellion, the um, Nazi one, Nazi Zombies. Um, it just felt a lot of fun. It's got some interesting mechanics as well, where when you die, you get sent to a sarcophagus, and the other person has to come and get you out. Um, just little things like that. Just a lot of fun. You know, there's certain, certain bits we've got little um, difficulty spikes, but it was just something different to these um multiplayer shooters um you know like left for dead etc i mean it's at a different time um where you're fighting an egyptian goddess if i seem to remember but yeah a lot of fun um different style and you can pick it really cheap and recommended I'd, I'd say for me um, i know you didn't like the um shooting aspect of it but yeah i liked it it was, mm. it was good yeah, I played a demo. Um, didn't mm. didn't drive with me, but you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to. Not every game is for every to. person. No, yeah, exactly. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, should we hear hear what Adam's number three was? Number three is Venba. 
I cannot pretend to understand um, the immigrant story it's necessarily trying to tell, tell, but I can relate in some respects. They always say that thing about when you immigrate, kind of the different barriers you face in life. Um, so I was lucky enough to move to Canada and be English speaking, for example, and be qualified in um, the industry I work in, things like that. And um, this kind of tells a story of uh, Indian immigrants struggling in Canada. And I come across a lot of people in life that kind of live this, and it sounds very, very authentic and real to their experience. I love all the cooking mini games and kind of some of this, the way the sun comes back at the end. And there's cool story stuff, all story, no action. Um, but yeah, really cool story. Venba. Oh, Venba. Um, Venba. Oh, the cooking shirt one. Cooking game. Sorry, the cooking game. The cooking game. The cooking game. It's very good. It's very short. Yeah, uh, I played it. Um, it's in my list. It didn't make it into the top five, unfortunately, but it's in my list. Um, it's very short. Uh, it got quite emotional. Um, in a few moments. Uh, I I really really dug it. Really really liked it. Uh, it's on Game Pass. Give it a play. You can you can. It's a one and done. You can do it in one sitting. Uh, you have no excuse not to play it. It's very fun. Um, Jazzy. Hello. Oh, 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 yeah. This is another one that made it into my list, but not quite into the top five. <sighs> What's your? Tell us what your number three is. My number three is Tinykin. Um, and Ooh. I adore this game. Um, I know Mark, you're a big fan of like the Pikmin series. Yes. I've always been tempted by it, but I've always been put off by the kind of aesthetic and the the tweeness of it. And this basically Tinykin lets me have my cake and eat it. It's got everything that is Pikmin, but with an art style and a kind of um, look and feel and design philosophy that I kind of, that, that works better for me. Mm-hmm. It turns out that like after playing it takes two, I've got a thing about playing games where I'm a tiny small thing in a big house, like in in a house, searching around for stuff and exploring, and um, yeah, doing that with basically with tiny kin, which you know substitute for Pikmin. Um, yeah, it's just been incredible, and I've spent so many hours with my son just hunting around these massive environments looking for ways to get up to a the top corner of a room and you know find a special secret whatever uh, or a key or a wh- whatever i need to and or hiding around a corner and someone's got a uh, you know someone's hiding in, in a place they shouldn't be that's inaccessible to then give me a side mission where i've got to deliver letters and you know finding all the post boxes and all that kind of stuff and it's just Everything about this game is charm personified. Um, uh-huh. It's got lovely. Um, there's lots of um, like sort of. Is it ease of? Is it the ease of life? Ease of life. What's the what's the phrase I'm looking for? Quality, quality of life. life. Quality of life. That's it. It's got loads of quality of life um, improvements on the kind of Pikmin formula, and should like great shortcutting, brilliant checkpointing, really fun jokes and great writing. Mm-hmm. The missions, I don't think there's one mission that wasn't interesting or wasn't, I wouldn't say like challenging, but just makes you think and makes you kind of think outside the box every now and then. 
and uh, yeah, puzzles like, that are um, that are a challenge but not frustrating. That's it, right? Yeah, and and like just things like having a bar of soap that you can whip out like a surfboard that gets you around quicker around the mm-hmm. environments. The it's a bar of soap, isn't it? Bar of soap, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you surf around on a bar of soap. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, yeah, it's just like all the all of that kind of stuff. It's just all the. F- <laughs> ironically after talking about a bar of soap it takes all the friction away and just <laughs> makes everything fun this game mm. and i i absolutely adore it and um like i say from the writing right through to the mechanics right through to the level design it's yep. ne- ne- a nearly perfect sort of platform and I, I love it absolutely adore it and i would recommend yep. it to anyone fully agree uh lovely game what like wonderful levels like uh themed levels because you know each each level is a different room in the house in the house yeah. or or like the you know the liminal spaces between them like the hallway and the, the stairs like and what one level where they're um, all um uh they've created a cult around the cd player that plays tunes yeah. out on the speakers yeah, in yeah. the bedroom you know it's um, just stuff like that is brilliant I love the the art style it's like fully 3D environments, but the characters uh, are all 2D and sort of like you know almost paper turns Mario with a camera. Style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah, um, wonderful music, lovely art style. Like, yeah, I yeah. love your gameplay. The, the thing I, I that I appreciate about it, the thing that 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 uh, makes it distinct from um, Pikmin for me is the uh which makes it like a not necessarily a better game but a more relaxing game mm. is the complete lack of um jeopardy yeah of any there are no enemies in the game like there are in pikmin there's no boss fights or anything like that uh and your the your tiny kin don't die <laughs> like in fucking in pikmin when you make it onto your ship at the end of the and the end of the day any tiny kin like, get left behind like uh, the game makes sure that you it, you watch them getting eaten by the monsters that come out at night, and it's like it's horrifying. That's it. It's uh, but it's none of that in Tinykin. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Lovely game. Uh, another one that I think everyone should play. It might still be on Game Pass. I play. It was, I think it might it have was come much, off, but it might cut. Uh, okay. It's one of those ones. It's it definitely shame. came off at one point. Yeah. But whether it's gone back on again. I don't know, but I left maybe it was. It was much earlier in the year that we played it. Like it was. Uh, it was actually few months. Ironically, this is a a good um, good showcase for the fact that I played this game in sort of like sort of January February time, and that still mm. stuck with me all the way through the year. Yep. So like games yep. that I've missed last year can still mm-hmm. make it on the list. So yeah, I'm hoping that next year there'll be a few games yep. from I'm playing now that'll be on the list. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, it's great if if it's not on Game Pass, then just have a look out for it. If if you if you it's like a so sort cheap, of game, man. it'll be dead cheap. Yeah. Uh, if it's not, I mean, I might pick up. I'd be tempted to pick it up again if it's cheap on Steam, just because I enjoyed it that much and it's like yeah. a super relaxing game. I bet it's fucking good on the Steam Deck. Yeah. Oh man. Um. That was you, wasn't it? So that's yes. me. All right, so my number three game that I played uh, this year is the only game on my list that didn't come out this year uh, is Yakuza Like a Dragon that came out hey. 2019, 2020, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It came out a few years ago. A couple of years. Um, it was on Game Pass. I'd watched you play it a while ago, but long enough ago for me to forget <laughs> uh, most of what happened, apart from the kimchi stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'm going to play this uh, again. Well, I'm gonna play this. Play this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Started playing it. 
last Christmas, so just after we'd recorded the last year's Game of the Year um, awards, uh, and absolutely hammered it through and finished it. When did I finish this game? I finished it early February after just absolutely just playing nothing else, just smashing through it on um, on on Game Pass across two platforms. And fuck me, what a game! Um, I've always had a soft spot for the Yakuza games, but I never really jived with like the the action combat stuff. It's fine, it's but it's not not for me. Um, turning it into like a team based turn based jrpg sort of thing just uh, fully changed the way that i that i engage with the game and it, and i i fell in love with it um ichiban kasuga is uh is is a different i don't want to say he's like a more memorable or a better character than um the kazuma kiryu he's a different character he's more of a he's more of a goofball yeah um He's someone Which, you can root for way more than Yeah, you know. because he's he's just so he's just such a he's just a nice guy and he's a goofball and he fucking yeah. loves like uh Dragon Quest and he filters all of the combat through his like obsession with JRPGs and so it turns uh, like you're seeing things through his imagination basically, which is where it starts to get stupidly wacky with um the the combat and the the summons and stuff like that um the way that they implemented that sort of jrpg combat into the yakuza formula is just so perfect but it still keeps like the um like an excellent brilliantly written main story Mm. and all of the silly wacky like unhinged side quest stuff that you'd expect from a yakuza game uh it's an absolute belter i fucking loved it I cannot wait for what's the next one? Oh, it's like a dragon. The man, the man who, who something something. Oh yeah, no, that's out already. You can get that on Game Pass right now. That's the so technically that is a. Oh, it's Infinite Wealth. Infinite Wealth. Is that what is it the, is? Infinite Wealth is a straight sequel to Like a Dragon. That's the one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. and then basically there's a halfway point between. Yes, but that's more. Like yeah, like that's more like sequel. action. Yeah, it's more it's like you know, button bashing. That's the man yeah, who yeah. raised his name, and that's the one that's on Game Which Pass is, at the moment. It's on Game Pass, and I will play it. I might play it for Christmas this year. But yeah. uh, the Infinite Wealth is the one I'm looking forward that's to. That's the one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's one like it's got fucking like Animal Crossing style mode yeah. where you, you play Ichiban <laughs> on a Hawaiian island, and you have to like build and run like a uh, so like I'm a vacation resort. I'm assuming and I cannot wait. that it's basing the whole start of the game off the fact that obviously if you do the mini game with the businesses, you rack up, you basically have a billion dollar company by the end of it. Yep. So I'm assuming that it's working off the back of that and your, like you say, the Animal Crossing game is some kind of like, you know, business mini game that you've got. Taking our in. business international. This is it, right? So yeah, yeah. I'm just, I, I, I cannot wait for that game just because no, like you say the, like the original like a dragon incredible game wonderful yeah. characters um just absolutely bonkers um and just fun from start to finish and actually as you say oh it's fun and silly and whatever but actually it's got a really really deep interesting story that runs you know thread that runs all the way through it and um mm-hmm. yeah like i say I'm I'm so hyped for the next game. I can't wait. Yeah. 
So yeah, yeah great choice. Really looking forward to that. It's a killer game. Um, I loved it. I loved every moment of it. Um, and yeah, I can't wait for the next one. Brilliant. But yeah, that was my number three. Uh, Nick, take us home for this part one. Tell us what your number three was. My number three best game I played this year was another game that I enjoyed on the Steam Deck. Um, Dredge. Now, Dredge is a really interesting game. Um, it's a fishing simulator which takes place in a very Lovecraftian world. So, you start out as a fisherman and you come you come to this strange island or strange group of islands and there's something strange going on and you can feel it and there there are straight people talk about strange things and strange creatures and light that happen in the darkness and you get warned don't go out at night and they're right there's weird things going on so um the fishing uh element of this game is quite uh it's simple, but not too simple. Like there's there's a small mini game that usually involves tapping uh, different buttons at the right time. Um, there's a few different types of rod uh, and uh, anchor and uh, nets that you can have, um, and they all have a different uh, interaction mini game that goes with mm-hmm. them, which is quite nice. Uh, and yeah, basically it goes through its story quest slash story driven. So uh, you have there there's there's an end goal you're sort of working towards, which is a weird, strange story, which I won't spoil because I think it's 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 a good game to go into, just having a vague idea of what's going on and not having too much given to you. There are so so the more you play in the game, the more you fight, you see weird and you feel weird and things come after you in the dark. You've got to upgrade your, your, all your equipment on your boat, uh, your hull, mm. your lights, your your rods, and you get different kinds of rods can do different depths and different types of fish that they catch. Um, you explore more of the world and you upgrade your engine so you can go further on on in a day, basically. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a really nice game. Um, it's it's just great. I, I have so many good things to say about it. I I thoroughly enjoy. I like. I think I spent 25, 30 hours just playing it solidly. Mm. Um, and yeah, I... You know, on the on the deck? It was on the deck, yeah. It was a deck game, yeah. But, you know, it's... it's mm. the, the art style's really nice. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw some screenshots of it and it looks gorgeous. The main core gameplay loop is just really satisfying of sort of going out to sea, um, fishing... And then coming back just before it gets too dark or you start to go too insane because, again, Lovecraftian, you've got an insanity meter. So the more insane you get, the more weird things become. Uh, and it's 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 such a brilliant game. Um, oh. And the weirdness infuses everyone and everything in the game and you don't quite know what's coming next. Um, so, yeah highly 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 recommend uh this game it, it's like my top indie ish game of the year i'm pretty sure it's an indie it's, game um, but i'm not 100 percent. it seems so hard to implement that that particular aspect of like eldritch horror of mm. your character like 
going mad or um, losing sense of reality. Yeah. The only other game I can think of that's really nailed it is Bloodborne. Uh, yeah. When you start to see some of the really fucked up shit later on in that game in your characters. Oh, yeah, taking like heavy psychic damage yeah, yeah. <laughs> um man yeah this this one's been on my list for a while like it looks absolutely gorgeous um i will play it in 2024 that is my pledge to you excellent <laughs> pledge for dredge yes i pledged i pledged the dredge right that was a full loop of uh of the the five through three of our uh, the best games that we played in 2023. Um, stay tuned for part two, where we will play, we'll do our honourable mentions, our dishonourable mentions, and then we'll run down our top two games we played this year. Um, but uh, gentlemen, thanks for joining me for this first part. Uh, thank you, dear listener. And um, I don't know when these episodes are going to come out in relation to Christmas, but. Uh, I hope you have or did have a wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, and we'll catch you on the next one. Ta-ra. Bye.